Welcome back to the Blind Side Rewind. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Turman, joined as always by Justin Baxley. Justin, how's it going, man? It's going good, bud. Um, uh, just been a busy week. Uh, went over to Alabama for the Mercer Alabama game. Uh, watched the, uh, my alma mater put up 14 points on the best team in the country, or our alma mater, I should say. Um, both of us being Mercer grads and got to interview Nick Saban, um, which was a pretty cool career highlight for me as a, as many of you, um, if you've never listened before, I'm a journalist for a local newspaper, um, in Georgia, uh, same place. Rick Devins was a journalist. Uh, I got to get my, my weekly Rick Devins plug in there. Uh, we got it in there early. Yeah, we did. And so, uh, yeah, it was a pretty cool career highlight for me to kind of get that opportunity to interview, interview Coach Saban, sit in on the Alabama press conference. Uh, he did not rip me for my question, which I was very excited about. <laughs> yeah, you got a really good answer out of him. That was really good. Yeah, I thought so. Like, he, he gave a really well thought out, like, answer and didn't, like, try to, like, the, it was really cool. Like, throughout the press conference, he was, like, making direct eye contact with me. The, like almost the entire time, like he'd move around a little bit, but would come back to me as if like all of his answers were going to me. I thought that was really cool. Um, of course, I was sitting directly in his like the first seat directly in front of him off a little to the left. So that's probably why like I picked the seat that was going to be where he was going to kind of focus. Um, I didn't know that at the time, but yes, he really cool guy, uh, really cool opportunity. And yeah, he gave me a really good answer. Yeah, those are, those are the highlights. Those are the highlights when you're a journalist is when you get interviewed those people that, like, when you tell your kids one day, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. You know, like, that's that, – those, those yeah. are cool. It's definitely up there. Like, I've, I've had – the Tiger Woods has probably been – it's probably the pinnacle for me. Like, I interviewed him, and it made it on national television once um, off on the – well, on the Golf Channel. Um, so that was pretty cool. Like, that's probably my top one. Um, I've talked to Tim Tebow and uh, – you know, a couple other football guys, Sonny Michelle. I've been in a Tom Brady press conference. And it's like I've had some really cool experiences in this job. And Nick Saban being uh, – I've interviewed Kirby Smart before. But getting Nick Saban was really cool because it's not in our coverage area very often. And so for it to kind of cross paths and me to be able to be a part of it was really cool. Yeah, I used to interview Dabo Sweeney all the time. Um when I worked in South Carolina, uh, Clemson does a thing. And I don't know if Georgia does it. And it, it'll be harder for Georgia to do it because Georgia is a bigger state just in terms of, of land mass. But uh, Clemson and South Carolina, but Clemson's was was a better event, would do um, uh, mainly the head basketball coach and the head baseball – or head basketball and head football coach uh, would do a uh, like a tour of the Tiger Clubs, essentially, or whatever they – Tay Clubs, whatever they were called, where they would go around the state and they would do a dinner – and uh, they would just talk to the local club, the local chapter about, you know, what's going on in their programs, talk about players. You get a chance for media to interview, and, and Dabo was always a really good interview. Um, so that was fun. But that was before he was two-time national champion head coach Dabo Sweeney. That was yeah. when he was can't beat South Carolina head coach Dabo Sweeney. So it was it was a different era. Yeah, he – like, so Kirby does some of those events as well, like here in Georgia – uh, you know, he does the touchdown club here um, in, in Macon. He does – I mean, he's come down for um, a couple events, like the Grand Opera House and stuff, just to, to meet with fans and do some, some sign-ins and that kind of thing. And I've been able to interview him in a couple of those. He's come down to the Air Force Base to meet with some of the, the, the people that are going off, um, you know, on deployment. So, like, 
I've been able to do a few of those. And so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool when you have those coaches uh, from the big schools kind of come into your area and do those, you know, smaller events, more intimate events, I guess you would call it, um, where they kind of talk a little bit more, I, I guess down to earth is a good word. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a cool event, but um, I was trying to think of a segue to get from uh, football coaches back to um, survivor. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was on Survivor. That's a that's a tie. Um, but we're not talking about Jimmy Johnson's season, so that really doesn't connect. And we're also not talking about Coach. Well, you know, player named Coach. You, you know, Kirby Smart likes to use the term chopping wood, and uh, I bet they're chopping wood over on Survivor uh, to make fire. Boom. Segway. 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 There it is. So, if you're just now tuning in, we're. Uh, <laughs> On the back half of Blood versus Water, we're really trying to move through some episodes because next week, next Wednesday is the September twenty second is the uh, premiere episode of Survivor season forty one. We are excited. This will be our first uh, first season that we'll watch through live. We talked a little bit about season forty early on in the the running of this um, this podcast. This will be our first season that we'll we'll be able to talk about live so we're going to try to finish finish up blood versus water uh between now and early next week get one more episode in the can for that and then we'll start with our reviews of season 41 so we're pretty stoked about that we are watching season 41 and and justin we're really getting towards the the back half here when we left last rs had just been sent to redemption island and he was the first member of the new redemption island mm-hmm um, and when we came back, we had an interesting kind of a double episode where it was two uh, two eliminations in one episode. But it was it was a normal length episode, right? Yeah, that's what me and you both were like. This is moving really quickly. Like we were well at twenty minutes in, and they were talking about um, who they, they were already at. They were already at trial. Yeah, so or, or they were like fifteen minutes in, and somebody says something about voting somebody out, and I'm like, I, I messaged you, and I was like. Jeremy, am I watching the right thing? Like they're they're about to go to tribal. Um, it, you know, were, were, or did they? Was that the immunity challenge? For like, part of me was thinking like maybe that was just reward, or you know, maybe they're doing reward after immunity or something. Like I, I it felt really off. Um, and they didn't really like the move they end up making. I didn't feel like they talked about it a ton. Um, and I thought, well, maybe they're it's going to be a pretty live tribal, and it just what wasn't. Yeah, it was just a double uh, double elimination, which I, you know, it, it's a it, there's a chance where that um, I think part of it is by now, and we'll get into this a little bit, but uh, a really an alliance of seven has formed with um, Tyson, Jervis, Monica, um, Hayden, Caleb, Tina, and Katie. Correct? Yes. Pretty pretty big group. Yeah. I think I, I think I counted wrong. Hold on, let's do that again. Tyson, Jervis, Hay- Hayden, Caleb, Tina, Monica, Katie. Right. Mm-hmm. So seven. Um, which left who on the outside again? No, hold on. Let's let's look at that. Uh, that's not right. No, Tina, Ka- Ka- Tina, Katie's, Tina, Katie's not in it. Well, Tina, no, Tina, Katie, and Aris and Vitas were together. Remember. Yeah, 
And yeah. they thought they had like All right, so the people who voted Vetus were Tyson, Monica, Jerv, Tina, Hayden, Katie, Caleb, and Laura. I didn't think they Tina didn't want to have to vote in vote out Aris. Alright, so the, the, the Alliance of Seven by the next episode became um Tyson, Monica, Jervis, Sierra, Hayden, Caleb, Caleb, Laura M. That's yes. the seven. Yes. That's the seven. And the people on the outside are Vetus, Tina, and Katie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're on the same track now. It, it, it gets confusing because they refer to it on the surface as an alliance of seven, but it never really existed as an alliance of seven because there were people on the fringe. It was more, it, it was really more like an alliance of five or six with the people on the fringes kind of rotating in and out. Um, yes. Well, I mean, you could even make the argument it's more of an alliance of three. And then the fringe people kind of rotate in and out based on who needs to go. So, like, which that kind of gets down to, yeah. It's, it's Monica, Jerv, and Tyson are the main three, um, from what I can tell. And then Caleb and Hayden are kind of together. And then you've got Laura M and and um, Sierra who are together. And then obviously Tina, uh, Tina, Katie. And Vetus are three that are together. And so you've got those little, so you've got like, I know when we watched a couple of seasons before, they call call them them like voting clusters or voting blocks. And that's kind of what it feels like is that it's chopped up into three, two, two, and three. And it's for, for those groups of three, which is Tina, Katie, and Vetus, versus Jerv, Monica, and Tyson. It's about getting the two couples, so to speak, in the middle with Hayden and Caleb and then Laura M and uh, Sierra to work with you. If you're able to pull in those four and make it a one-vote alliance, basically, um, then you can get folks out. Or if you go back and look at it a different way, like maybe one, one vote, it's Tina, Katie, they get pulled into the group to vote out someone else, like an RS. Yeah, and the interesting dynamic that gets created, and I think it's, I, I think it's a lot of fun, is that Tyson has created this system where if you want to work with Tyson, and nobody ever mentions it, but Sierra, she says it to to her mom. Is we don't talk about strategy. Which is interesting is that Tyson has created this vibe where he and Jerv and Monica, and this is the way I would love for it to be if I was on the island. They talk, mm-hmm. they talk about, because even Monica gets in trouble for this. They talk about, um, they have one conversation about who they're going to vote, and they don't really want to talk about it again. They don't really want to rehash it. They don't want to sit around doing strategy all day. They don't. They don't even really do the the Rob Buddy system. Everybody's kind of free. They, you know, people are out in the water soaking up the soaking up some sun rays. People are off getting water uh, at the well. People are doing a bunch of different things. And so it's kind of a, a relaxed version of the Buddy system where where Tyson and Jerv have kind of set this up. Where like, 
We talk about uh, we, we talk about strategy once, and we don't talk about it again. I mean, you hear Sierra tell Laura on multiple occasions, "Look, I'm in this. I'm in this this alliance with with Tyson and and Jerv." But here's the thing: don't talk about strategy. Don't go up to him making suggestions. Don't go. Don't uh, don't talk strategy. And that's I, I really think that's the key to creating a strong alliance. And we is that they don't really create room for, for fracture. They don't create room for change of plans because they just don't talk about it beyond that first conversation. Well, I would say that, you know, the good part of like Tyson, people like Tyson and Jerv in those situations is that when it doesn't go according to plan, like when Monica changed her vote to vote out and we're, I guess we'll get to that in a second, but she changes her vote from who they told her to vote for because Vetus was angry at her and she got angry back at Vetus and said, I'll show you, I'm going to vote you out when she's supposed to vote Katie out. Right. Yes. Yes. It was supposed to be, um, it was supposed to be the Alliance of seven. The four men were going to vote for Vetus and the three women were going to vote Katie and, uh, Monica changed her vote to Vetus. Um, I thought it was supposed to be four, four on Katie and three on Vetus. I do not recall that. Because um, well, Katie was supposed to go home or to redemption. Yeah. So it's supposed to be 4 3. Yeah, yeah. There was some scrambling. Yeah. Um, so basically, it was supposed to go 4 3. Monica was supposed to put a vote on Katie. Um, and instead of putting the vote on Katie, and this may be in the second or the second elimination. No, it. It was the first episode, but the math doesn't add up in in the uh, in, in the description. It was supposed to be four three. Monica changed her vote, and somehow that made it eight one one. So, uh, I yeah, but on the show they 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 acted like Monica was the reason that he went home. Well, he, I mean, she wasn't because eight people voted for Vetus. So there was some gamesmanship there. There were a lot of people, and that was a live tribal where Vetus, I think, could feel he was going home. And, right. and lashed out. And he went bit. after Monica. Yeah, right. So I think a lot of people changed their votes. Um, Maybe, yeah. But if you remember, Jerv, Jerv basically says that, like, why did Monica change her vote? She wasn't yeah, supposed think, to do I, that. I think there, what what the real problem was is that it didn't end up mattering, but it could have. If if she changed her vote and somebody played an idol, it could have been the difference in somebody in, in the shifting the balance of power away from their alliance, I think was the real issue there. But yeah, things right. get messy. Monica changes and you see there how important this, listen, we have a plan and you stick to it. Um, and it's fascinating to me right. that Tyson and Jerv have created this dynamic without really putting themselves in that much danger. A lot of the right. seasons we've seen the person who, to get that kind of loyalty and to establish that kind of, I mean, we've even seen it on this season. Brad Culpepper ends up going home in part because he was the one setting the tone in these votes. And eventually people caught on to that. Right. So it's fascinating that Tyson and Jerry were able to avoid that same fate. They were to avoid the fate. And then I think it's also this, just this, you know, in in that case, they talked about Monica was supposed to vote a certain way and she didn't. And I guess you're right; it probably was one of those situations where like it could have cost them and it didn't. Um, but they were very quick to say, you know, I don't know that I trust Monica, but we got to work with her. 
and like they kept the alliance strong by basically ignoring the fact that like she pulled something they didn't really enjoy. But instead of instead of going to her and be like, "Hey, Monica, you just messed up our alliance. We don't want to talk to you anymore," they kept her closer. Like they brought her in closer and trusted her with more information because they recognized that if they blow up Monica's game, they blow up their own game. And I think sometimes we see in Survivor, we see folks that um, are willing to blow up their own game on accident to blow up an alliance because they got wronged by someone. I can't remember if it was Millennials versus Gen X. Something along those lines I feel like happened where me and you were talking we're like, yeah, I think that person just screwed themselves by getting angry when they when they, maybe Michaela or somebody were like they got super angry that somebody pulled something on them and ended up costing them, and they ended up going home because of it. Uh, well, the I mean, a classic is a little bit different, but a classic is is Cass and um, Kageon. Where she got upset that that Sarah, was the one, yeah, that's Sarah the one. was running the show, and Sarah, when in the end, Sarah was right, um, and and Cash just didn't like it, and Cash, of course, makes final three, and Sarah doesn't, but Cash captured it right. Cash yeah. wasn't going to win because she screwed herself, um, right. So you're right. That's where it comes in big. Is that Tyson and Jerv really, um solidify this this alliance and get loyalty without putting a huge target on their backs and that's impressive to me but as we've said in the end Vetus uh, is the one that goes home that immunity challenge was the gross food challenge with the mealworms and the pig intestines and the grubs Uh, and see I'm weird in looking at those I think I would have had an easier time with the mealworm or the grub Mealworms or the grub than I would have with the pig intestines. I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a, like, I like to eat, so I don't know that I could have done any of them, though. Like, I would have struggled with any of those. Um, I would have, like, obviously, like, I'm not – I guess the way I look at it is if I'm going to sit there and do it, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it and go full force and try to win, or I'm really going to kind of hang back, throw one in there, and just hope that Jeff don't call me out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to really necessarily try to eat, you know, I'm going to go out on the first try because there's no point in me getting like Jerv did. And one, like getting past the first round, the second round, and then into the third round of this challenge, like I, I've eaten a lot of stuff I didn't really want to eat and I got nothing out of it. So I'd rather go out in the first round than yeah, finish think, second is what I'm saying. I think having to finish... 40 mealworms just to get out of the first round was probably a good indication that it was just going to get a lot worse from there. Right. Well, I will say the other, go ahead. 40 mealworms is also the kind of thing that it would have been easy to do what you're talking about. We're like, these aren't actually terrible, but I know it's going to get worse. I can eat 30 of them, space it out, lose and not look like, especially if you're in that alliance, you don't want to look like you aren't trying. You don't want to look right. like you're not trying to pull your weight. And so it would have been it would have been an easy one to like, oh no, I hate that I didn't win that. I'm gonna go sit down. Yeah, well, I mean, I would sit there and throw throw back four or five at a time, 
really just try to pace myself. Jeff, Jeff calls me out. You know, I just look at him and go, look, man, if I try to eat them all at once, I'm going to throw up. Best thing for me to do is try to eat five or six at a time, and I'm going to try to knock this thing out before everybody else does. Slow and steady wins the race. I don't have to be first. I just have to not be last. Right. You know, like that's. And I, I, think, I feel like that's an easy explanation for Jeff. And Jeff's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Good strategy there, Justin. And you just move on. And look, if I yeah. and, then when, and it, when I when I lose, he sit, he goes, you know, do you, do you wish you had you had, had had gone out and, and tried to eat all thirty at one time? I'm like, all you got to do is look at him and go, you know, Jeff, I know my body's capabilities. Um, I, I you know, I don't think that I think the strategy that I utilized while it didn't work was probably the best one for me. Or you go the opposite route and say, well, well, my way obviously didn't work. Yeah, and and, and that's that, <laughs> you know. So yeah, that, that, but I, oof, I, I do not. There's a lot of people that say that they uh, they hate that the gross food challenges are gone. I, I don't miss them. <laughs> I don't I don't miss them much at all. So I liked them um, just because they were, you know, you got to see some people push past some limits that you normally wouldn't get to see. Um, I don't know that they prove much <laughs> in terms of whether you're a good survivor player, but other than like if you're in a jungle somewhere you've got to be willing to eat just about anything that comes across, right? Like that, like that's a true, like what it would take to be a survivor. Right. And so I do think, I do think that this one fits more into that than the one we saw in China where it was just, Hey, we're going to take some uh, traditional Chinese foods that happen to be a little unusual and we're going to make you throw up over them. Like that one. Right. I didn't like that as much. This one, you're right. This is because a shot glass full of mealworms, that's the kind of thing you might come across a handful of yeah. worms in the jungle that you might have to eat to, to survive. Right. When they were all still indigenous to the area, but or are to, yeah. you know, maybe the pig intestines is probably the only one that were like, it was more about culture than it was about like things you find in the wilderness. But who knows? Maybe if you do find a pig out there running wild, I mean, they've had some, some, some animals get close to camp before. Like they've caught chickens on, on episodes. The one big windy, um, I know they didn't catch that one, but they let it go, and um, you know things like that, where we've seen animals kind of get pushed off into the wild. Or uh, there's been a couple seasons where people have caught a wild animal and killed it on the show. Um, you know, fishing. Um, and so, I think that the pig one's probably the most outlandish of the group. But like even that one, like it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that you wouldn't run across a wild boar or something out in the, out in the wilderness somewhere. And so I do think that like, if they were to stick with something closer to that more so than the ones from like China, um, I do like that better. Cause I think it's a, the, the risky run with like the one in China where it was very much about like their cultural stuff is it's almost disrespectful. Like you, you run that risk yeah, of yeah. sounding disrespectful or looking disrespectful when it's something that those people eat. Maybe, you know, every other like that's their that's their Taco Tuesday, so to speak. And you're over here throwing up, calling it nasty. Like that's that's to me that's that's wrong. Um, I don't enjoy that. But I think if you throw things like the mealworms yeah. and um, they've done some in the past where they've done like milkshakes almost of things like gross things where you like you'd spin a wheel and um, they would combine like sea urchins and millworms and they would make it into a smoothie with like, um, I don't know, like coconut milk or something. Like to me, those are things that you could find in the wilderness and, and in the sea. 
And while they may not be enjoyable and that's not necessarily the combination you want, like to some degree that is the protein that you might need to get through as a survivor. So I, I don't mind those challenges as much as some folks who are just kind of grossed out by it. Yep. Yep. So that, that ends up leading to Vetus going and joining his brother, Aris on Redemption Island. Um, and we get some fun interactions between them kind of uh, talking trash about, Hey, I'm glad we're here. And, you know, I'm glad we got this time together, but I'm going to send you home. And then after that, we do a, a balance immunity challenge. It was kind of similar. You called it. It was kind of, kind of similar to the final immunity in China with the plates, except it was balancing pennies or coins on the end, on the handle end of a sword. And uh, Katie wins that. And uh, you and I were both surprised. You know, I don't think either one of us saw Katie being a, an individual immunity winner in this season. Um, but she was. And then Tina, because she didn't win the challenge, and she knows that she isn't on the outs, uh, that there are seven people gunning for her now. She uh, goes off looking for the immunity idol, and <laughs> she gets babysat by the guys. They, they follow her all over the island, which was kind of a funny, funny little... And, and I guess uh, Laura M. was involved in that, chasing Tina around, but uh, Tina does get voted out. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was, not a ton with any of these episodes where you're like, this is great stuff, but it's about the... Well, I think that, I, I think that speaks to why they combined those two episodes, honestly. Right. It wasn't, there wasn't a ton, like you almost, it, it felt like those were two very, very easy votes for them, right? Like that those were the right. two like sometimes in Survivor, the vote that makes sense isn't always the vote they go with, but like both of those made sense for me. Like it didn't really matter what order you took those two people out in. Like if you're the if you're the the bigger alliance. Like you have to take out those pieces to where people like Caleb or Hayden can't latch onto them and then you flip it now you've got, you know, a five three advantage with Vetus, Caleb, Hayden, Tina, and Katie. Well, and you can't let Tina get to no, that. No, because she's already won. She's the kind of person. Well, she's already won, and she's the kind of person that's going to be really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because she's been like the mother of the group. And like you have to assume that if she's at the end, Katie's probably not at the end. And so she's got a built-in jury vote there. The two Aris and Vetus votes are probably hers. Um, so you've like, you've, she's got three built in jury votes from the get go. Um, Laura M is very much likely to vote for Tina cause it's a, it's a mom connection. So you've got four votes there. If Sierra is also over there with her, then that's five votes that are kind of built in for Tina. Tina probably has some of the most built in votes of anybody left at this point. Right. Yeah, I think so. So then we have our first post-merge Redemption Island. They filled it back up with RS, Vetus, and now Tina. Um, and, and this one kind of surprised me. I, I mean, I even said, Tina has to lose this, right? And you were like, yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. And, and it was um, it was such that they had to use a grappling hook to drag three balls, and then they would complete a labyrinth maze. And I just thought, throwing the grappling hook, because it was kind of a big grappling hook, and you could tell with the way Tina was throwing it, she was having to put everything into throwing that hook out there. And I just thought with her having to throw that big heavy metal hook a, a good distance and drag those bags back to um, back to herself, I just thought that the, the guys would be able to focus more on accuracy than she would. But she fought through it, 
and she ends up finishing second, right? Yes, but she finishes second, but she also like completed it twice. Like she got yeah, to she the won, very she won, end. The, she won the grappling hook phase. She won the grappling hook phase by a pretty solid margin, and then almost like she got to the point where her ball is supposed to go through the middle, and like it looked like she had like a muscle spasm and just accidentally pushed it back through one of the other holes. Like it, she was very clearly going to win that, right? Like it looked. It, it almost cost her because it was literally yeah. the end of the course. Like she, all she had to do, like she could have yeah. lucked into getting that ball in the hole, but somehow it just didn't work out that way, which, you know, whatever she ends up completing. It basically has to complete the May. It's not like, uh, Aris who gets it in there. And then like two seconds into it, his ball drops in one in the first hole, basically that he comes to, she gets all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah, and, and and it's the kind of puzzle where it's not a like a puzzle you put together where having that big of a time advantage, even if you're you know even if you're not that far ahead, it helps you to have any time with an advantage. Because she had to start over, she had to start all the way over. It was as though she had not done anything. Um, but she ends up finishing second behind Vitas. RS goes home, um, and uh, he really kind of choked. Honestly, once. Once Tina lost that ball at the end, Aris had every opportunity to to put her away and just couldn't do it. He seemed to he seemed to really struggle with the back half of that uh, ball maze puzzle, and I I really mm. felt like he choked it away and ended up going home. And Tina and Vitas stay. So that is that. It's unfortunate. Um. And we start, this is something we've seen building is Sierra, uh, this season's really well edited. Um, in some of the later seasons we watch, big moves mm-hmm. seem to develop in one episode and um, we don't get the build. In this season, everything, we see Sierra, the seeds planted that Sierra is willing to vote out her mother for several episodes and it builds and builds and builds and builds and it, and it continues into this episode. Um, right. And, uh, we, uh, what we, we also saw is that for the first time, um, Katie was given the immunity idol. Vetus gave it to Katie. He finished the puzzle first and Katie actually, um, goes looking. For the immunity idol, but of course nobody knows. And this is an I I generally I like having a couple of immunity idols in play. I like it not just being one idol, but in this season, just having the one idol that Tyson has already found makes for such drama. Because like when Tina was out looking for the immunity idol, nobody else on the island knows right. that it doesn't matter if she goes and finds it. And we get to see Tyson have this. Um, kind of uh dilemma of should who should he tell oh, should he tell when should he reveal right. to to whom in his inner circle that he already has that idol and right. so Tina goes looking for it Katie goes looking for it she actually identifies the proper place for it to be and it's not there of course because it's in Tyson's underwear um and so we get to see that <laughs> um 
And then there's an immunity challenge. Uh, this is one of those balancey ones uh, where they lean back and over the water. Mm-hmm. Monica wins. Monica's on a roll. That's her second straight immunity challenge win. And like third overall, maybe? Uh, no, that's her second. And then she wins. She wins the next one, too? She wins immunity on the next one. Oh. Uh, so she won the, the first three immunities, if I'm, if I'm counting right. Or three of, the first, three of the first four. four. Um, and this one is one of those that uh, it, it, I, I do. It, it's surprising to me how poorly Hayden did in it, because it seems like something that would that just raw upper body strength would help. But it also seems like one that being small and fit, which Monica is, would be a real advantage because they're on a tilting platform, holding onto a rope. They have to uh, go back further on the rope as, as the thing progresses. So being smaller and having less weight to hold, if you're in good physical condition, would be a real advantage, and, and right. Monica is that. Yeah, I think the tilting platform might be what took Hayden out too, because his feet look like yeah. they rock back and forth a lot, and then he then he fell in. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a normal like him fall. He fell because he got too tired. It was almost like watching his like little board kind of rock back and forth. It looked like he just lost his balance a little bit. And so, yeah, I also wondered if he got an arm cramp or yeah. something because he looked real uncomfortable real fast. Yeah. I mean, it was like he was fine, and then he wasn't fine. And so, yeah, so I think that I actually really like that challenge, but I thought that the underrated play from this challenge was Tyson, who was hanging in for final, like, four. Sees, was it Laura M. fall in? Yes. Well, it, according to this, uh, Tyson finished second. Um, but he did, you're right, he, he did make that, that business decision. Uh, not right, so I think Laura M falls in third, though, right? That sounds right. And so Laura M falls in third. Tyson looks over, he sees Monica, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't. I, I've got a bum shoulder, and that's what I've been trying to tell people is that I have a bum shoulder. I can't win this. People aren't going to re- recognize that Tyson finished yeah. second because they're going to be focused on the fact that Monica has now won two in a row. They're not yeah. even going to talk about Tyson. And Tyson was very smart. If he wins that immunity, Jeff might ask, "Hey." how's that shoulder feeling, bud? Like it, it seems to be doing better. Instead he loses and yeah. you know, he can even rub his shoulder a little bit. And like, you know, that that's what cost him. That to me was the underrated part of that whole thing. And then we get the moment of this season. Uh, the, the one that people remember, mm-hmm. we get some conversations. Uh, it comes up that Laura Elm needs to be the one. Um, and I think what's interesting is that for Laura M to go, Sierra didn't need to vote for her. It was a seven to one vote. Mm-hmm. But Sierra for her game felt like she needed to vote her mom out. And she did. I think it was more for her a show of loyalty to her alliance is that her alliance comes before her mother. Now you and I have talked about this and I think this is where we're transitioning to. So I'm going to take it there is, was that the right decision? Because what it did was instead of showing loyalty to the group, Tyson viewed that as if she'll cut her mother, she'll cut me. Yeah, he definitely, he he outright says that. And I think, it's kind of, I honestly, the more I think about it, I don't know that it was the right move. 
I really don't because I don't think if Sierra had said, listen, I just couldn't vote my mother out. I recognized it was the right vote, but I also recognized that you had the votes. And so I just couldn't cast that vote. I'm not mad at you. I think it was the right play mm-hmm. for our alliance, but I just couldn't. If, if you had needed my vote, I probably would have, I probably would have given it to you, but you didn't need it. Um, that may yeah. have been the better play for her because I do think it put a spotlight on her that was not there before. Um, but well, I think I, she was flying under the radar a lot. Of course, I think she viewed it as she needed to make that move so that when she got to final tribal, I think that's the thing. She was thinking a little further ahead maybe than she should have um, is that I think she viewed it as if she could get to final tribal, and have her mother sitting on the jury, which is one vote, and then be able to look at everybody that's playing and or that's on the jury and say, look, I had to do something that neither of these two sitting, whoever it is, neither of the two sitting next to me ever had to do. I had to vote out my own blood. Nobody else on the season had to, to be in the situation I was in, and I did it for my game because it was better for my game, and I put my family second to me winning this game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think she got too far ahead of herself. Maybe. Um, I just keep going back and forth on it because I also see we're in the in the moment. Long term, that's the best move if you can make it and not put a target on yourself. But she could not make it without putting a target on herself, if that makes sense. And then I think she – and this transitions into the next episode really well because she kept letting it put a target on herself because she – loved being in that position of I've proven myself that I'm willing to make a big move. Now let me drive this bus. And she kind of, because in the next episode, we get a point where Caleb and Hayden have realized that Tyson is the biggest fish in this game and it's time to take him out. And it was, they were down to the seven of their Alliance that, that, that have kind of solidified Caleb, Hayden, Jervis, Tyson, Monica, Sierra. I keep doing this. I keep forgetting who the other person is. It's not Kate. Uh, the seven people that voted for Laura M are Tyson, Monica, Jervis, Sierra, Hayden, Katie, Caleb. So yeah, it, it is that seven. And that's all that's left is those seven. It's time to make a move. And they, and Caleb and Hayden have realized Tyson's a threat. Now's the time to get him. If we can get him, if he doesn't win immunity, Now's the time to get him because they know if the two of them and Sierra and Katie vote Tyson, he's gone. Now, what they don't know is that he has an idol, but if they can, they're more worried about Katie having it. If they can kind of uh, finagle it to where he thinks he's safe, and Sierra is the key to that. Sierra is the key. If she tells Tyson and, and Jerv and Monica, listen, I'm with you guys. We're voting Caleb or we're voting Katie or whatever. Or even convinces them to split and say, hey, let's make sure that uh, Katie doesn't have it. Let's just split her and Caleb. Now they only need three. You know, now now that just just the three of Hayden, Caleb, and Sierra can take out Tyson. And I feel like if Sierra can orchestrate getting Tyson out right after she voted her mom out, she wins. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that her path to path of least resistance is taking out Tyson, right? Like she gets her mom out, she takes out the biggest fish in Tyson, um, and she doesn't she does it without driving the boat, right? Like in in, in both yeah, situations. Because that, because that was- because that was Hayden and Caleb's move to take out Tyson, but she made right. it happen. But she makes it happen. And so like she can obviously say when she if she gets to final trouble is look, I voted my own mom out, and then I was the swing vote in taking Tyson out, who was clearly the biggest threat to win this season. And she has two resume builders that no one else on the the, the remaining folks don't really have. Like Hayden and Caleb, one of those is not making it to the end, right? Um yeah. And the one that does make it to the end is is probably Hayden. And I've and I told me and you talked about this earlier, is it's probably Hayden. I don't think anybody's gonna keep Caleb around too long because they recognize how well liked he is. Um and so then I think you've got a situation where it's likely that Sierra could be sitting next to someone like Monica or Hayden Hayden or Katie and Monica or some combination of that group of folks. And like, none of them have the resume. Like and even Jerv, like even if Jerv somehow makes it to the end, like he may only get the one vote out of, out of Tyson. Um, right. And I, and I also think Jerv, Jerv, if you're worried about Jerv, that's an easy person to get out because you've got Hayden, Caleb. Oh, you'll have six people left. Hayden, if, if they take out uh-huh. Tyson there, you'll have Jervis, Hayden, uh, Katie, Caleb, Jervis, Hayden, Caleb, Katie, and Monica, and, Katie and Monica, and Sierra, and Sierra. You've got that six of the other five. You can easily get four of those people to vote for Jervis. It'll be easy. Well, for, you can either get Jerv out or pull Jerv in. Yeah, one or the other. That, that, that once you get rid of Tyson, you've got you've got those two options. I think. Well, there, you 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 nailed the phrase path of least resistance. Sierra, yeah, she let it get to her head a little bit that she had made that move with Laura, and she was more focused on solidifying an alliance because that's what t- that's what made her lean and eventually end up getting Caleb out of the game. Is Caleb mm-hmm. and Hayden were were busting up the alliance? They were instead of going for the easy Katie vote that that everybody else was kind of looking at at the time. They were trying to rock the boat, and she didn't like that. And what she didn't see is they were not rocking the boat. They were trying to clear the path, and she missed it. Yeah. Well, I think the big thing there is you, you've you got to clear a path of least resistance once you get to this stage of the game. Like, this is the stage of the game where you start doing that. And for me, it was very much a situation where – um, she if she takes out Tyson there, goes to Jerv and Monica and say, look, I didn't want to have to do that, but hear me out. They've just made this big move to take out Tyson. If the three of us and Katie come together, we can take out Caleb. Then somebody's coming back in from redemption. Um, the potential of Tina coming back in the game is really helpful for Sierra because I think, or RM, either one is really helpful for Sierra because then you've got a new final six of Tina and Katie, Sierra, uh, Hayden, 
Monica and Jerv. Like that's the group at that point. I don't know if that's six. I can't math. Uh, but like that's that's the remaining group now. And so then you take out you and your mom, or you and Tina and Katie can then take out you know Monica or Jerv or Hayden. And the path is just so much easier. Because then you, you, you've you got a point where Sierra yeah. probably doesn't get taken out when it's her, Tina, and Katie potentially running the running the show for the last few episodes. And they're just taking out people like Monica and Jerv because they've got the votes. Right. It really was just a short-sighted sided move. And, and I know you, you had another concern that they didn't bring up, but – that has to be considered with somebody like Tyson wins the move. When you know, there's a battle back com- coming, you know, there's the possibility of winning a redemption Island duel. That's coming up sometime soon. Cause we're down to final seven, final six. Um, you brought this up of bringing that into consideration. And I I hadn't thought of that. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So like, you know, that there's some sort of battle back coming, right? Like, you know, that somebody's coming back into the season. So you've got to at least have that in your mind that someone that you voted out is coming back in. And so when you get ready to make the decision of who goes out next, you've got to be thinking that they potentially will be the freshest person on Redemption Island. Meaning, for one, you have to consider your loved one is over on Redemption, like Tina or Laura M. Um, And so you don't want to send someone like Tyson over there that you don't think either of your moms can beat, right? Like if you're Sierra or Katie, you're wanting wanting one of your moms to get back in the game and work together. Like that's your, that's your linchpin at this point. Yeah. So if you take Tyson out and Tyson goes over there and his shoulder's not as bad as he thinks it, as he says it is. And, or that Tyson gets over there and it doesn't matter what his shoulder does because he's just a better competitor than the two of them. And if it's anything close to what the first one was, which was more of an endurance cop, well, Tyson's not bad at those. Um, I just I think there's a point where you're like, well, if I can take Tyson out after the battle back with one of my mothers, with one of our mothers in, in, in tow, that might be the better move because then Tyson doesn't get the opportunity to one win the battle back, two he doesn't have that as a resume builder, uh, and three, once you vote him out of the game, he's out of the game. Like he's already used his idol. He doesn't have to wait a way to save himself anymore. So that's been flushed, which you've done a good job of that. Like, I think that waiting until the next, the next one is not the worst move. So taking Caleb out there was not a bad move in my mind. If the thought process is I have to take Tyson out next. Yeah. And you and I have talked about it. So Tyson does use it in the vote, use his idol in the vote that, that eventually takes Caleb out. Um, but I, I don't, and, and no votes were cast against Tyson there, but I don't, I still don't consider that a, a, a bad idol play. I know a lot of people would because he didn't nullify any votes. He wasn't actually in danger, but like to me, using an idol that you didn't need to use is better than not using an idol that you did need to use. 
And you can make a case that on a season like this with a Redemption Island that it might be worth it to like not reveal that you have an idol and whoops, I got voted out. I'll just win the, the, the battle back. But I still think if you have any inclination that you could be voted out and when you get down to final six or seven, you should always have an inclination that you could get voted out because at final seven, all it takes is four people. And if there's any sort of uh, split, you could be down to three. All you need is three people voting for you to go home or to right. go to Redemption Island. So I think no. if you have any sort of bad feelings, you go ahead and use it. Well, and I think that it was, it was at a turning point in the game, too, is because you know that Sierra is the flip vote. You know that if Sierra votes with you, you move on. If Sierra votes the other way, you don't move on. You're at a very much an impasse of, like, you're, you're one vote from going home, and I just... I don't want to put I don't want to put my trust in my game in a 20 something year old girl or 20 something year old anybody. I don't want to put my trust in any 20 something year old. And I don't want to right, put trust in but, anybody. But if, if especially one, one that's flip-flopping one, and you can tell she's flip-flopping a little bit. Yeah. I just don't yeah. want to put my trust in anybody when I have an idol. I don't want it to be like a Kelly or a James um, where I've got these, got this idol. And in their cases, they had two idols and both of them had some weird, like I thought from if I remember correctly, at least Kelly may have, there's some weird vibes going on and she doesn't know if she's safe. Um, um, James straight up, like he, he knew that there were people talking. Right. About and so James he knows that in a confession, he, he, said, he said he was going to take his idols that he had been leaving his idols at camp. But this time he was going to take them with him. Right. And, and you just don't want to be that guy or that girl who doesn't play your idol. And look, I think there's there's a time where you're playing the idol correctly means that you're nullifying the, the largest number of votes. Right. Like that's generally what's considered playing the idol correctly. I do think there's an occasional time where you can play the idol correctly and still not have needed it. because And this is the one case where I would argue in that favor. Normally I'm, I'm, I'm of the opposite. If I play the idol and I didn't get the most votes, I don't, I don't really look at it as a win, but in this particular case, I think you have to look at it as a win because you didn't have to trust in Sierra and you knew you were safe. And if Sierra well, flips, you're playing the idol correctly. I was just, if Sierra flips, you've now made the call to go home. You've got your next target of who goes home after her. Um, because, well, I guess Sierra was the other one that they were talking about, I guess. But, you know, there's a possibility that if you send Caleb home instead of instead of Sierra, you, you vote Caleb out and you play the idol to save yourself. And there was four votes on Tyson, three votes on Caleb. Caleb goes home because you played your idol and you knew that Sierra flipped on you. Then you've got you've got your next target of Sierra has to go next. It's very easy. It's a very easy process. But if, yeah. if she's loyal to you, then you've used your idol. But at this point, I don't even know if you need it as much because you now have to feel solid in that a Sierra is going to – Sierra is working with you, Jerb is working with you, and Monica is working with you. Yeah, and, and so I think, I think what it comes down to is you have playing the idol correctly. You have playing an idol well, which is what I would call Tyson's. I, it, maybe, maybe it's not correctly. Because maybe it didn't happen, but maybe what you know the next episode, the next vote, 
he gets he goes out three votes to two, and he wishes he had that that idol in his pocket. Uh, so, so I don't know that maybe we can call it playing, but I think it's played it well for all the reasons that you said. And then there are all the times that people play them incorrectly, usually playing them for someone else at the wrong time. Right. Because we've seen situations where somebody played it for someone else and it was the wrong person in their alliance and somebody else in their alliance went home. Uh, so so there's definitely times to play it incorrectly. And this wasn't one of them. This was playing an idol, um, I think, in a really good point, a really good spot, not knowing how the votes were going to turn out. It was a good spot. Um, and Caleb gets sent to Redemption Island there. Yeah, um, it's not like Sandra giving her idol up and then getting idled out. Right. So that sets us up a final six for now of Tyson, Monica, Jervis, Sierra, Hayden, and Katie. And uh, we know at some point there's going to be a battle back sometime very soon. And right now, Redemption Island for us uh, is going to be Tina and Laura M. And that was kind of a contentious thing when Vita Vetus went home because – uh, Laura M finished first, and then she coached Tina through the the puzzle to to send Vetus home. And and Vetus didn't seem to take that very well. And and it was I think it was kind of one of those he understood it, but it still doesn't feel very good um, to have that's somebody. That's how you lose. That that's how you lose is that two people are essentially working against you to send you home. I love um, the move though by Laura M because it impacts the the game as well, like inside the game. Because yeah, no, no, it was, it was, yeah, like Katie and and Sierra are watching this this go down, and if I'm Katie and Sierra, I have to look at it as one of them is probably going to get back in this game if we make the right decisions of who to send to redemption. The person that gets back in this game is probably going to work with us, and we're going to be in a really good spot. So let's go ahead and start working together. Now, Katie didn't necessarily do that. With Sierra, she was just kind of staying wayward and doing whatever she wanted to do with what Hayden and Caleb were telling her to do. I personally, if I had been Katie, because I mean, at this point, Katie's in a situation where as long as it's not me, I'm fine. So she was going to go with whoever gave her the best deal. But I do think that realistically, she should have found a time to go to Sierra and started working on a plan of how do me and you set ourselves up best for when one of our moms comes back in. Yeah, I, I do think there there's something to be said too, though that uh, I and we kind of talked about this a little bit. Uh, Laura M kind of put a little bit of a target on Sierra with yeah, that because uh, now it become painfully obvious that for everybody else that well, um, Tina and Laura M are clearly a unit on Redemption Island, which means we have to watch out for Katie and Sierra because if one of them gets back now that's a voting block of three at a time where a voting block of three is a huge asset. Right. And you know, a voting block of three when there's 10 people left is okay. That's, that's, that's an issue. A voting block of three when there's six people left, all they got to do is pull one, one person in and you're going home. Um, right. And at the very least, even if they don't pull one person in, you're in a tied situation. Right. And so uh, it, it, it's, it's a catch 22. I think it was a, it was great for building bonds. I don't know that it was so great for it, it only works out if one of them is the one that wins the battle back. That's well, I'll say I thought that Laura M has been costing her daughter the entire time. 
Um, yeah. and we and, need and to talk Sierra about it. That. Right. Well, but I think specifically even at the tribal, um, that Laura M was going home, she said some things like out in there that like, if she just not said those things, maybe Tyson and company don't start connecting some of those dots. Um, and yeah, even with, with her leaving, like I'll see you soon or I'll see you, you know, I'll be back to help you baby. Things like that. Don't say that. Like that's, that's just, a, I mean, like I'm not saying Tyson already knows because Tyson's, you know, played this game well enough and long enough that he knows what he's doing. But I think you're still, you got to be careful what you say. And everything Laura M was doing on her last few days on the island, um, in the game, I mean, before going to redemption, nothing, none of it, everything was still, she was still playing for Laura M. And I think there's when, when Sierra went to her and talked to her on the beach and said, mom, I think I have a better chance to win than you. At that point, Laura M should have looked at Sierra and said, what can I do to help you win? What do I need to do to further your game? Because you're right. I can't, I, I no longer feel like I can win this. What can we do to get you to the end? And she didn't do it. And I think, yeah, and, and it's another one of those ways that this this theme keeps giving back to us and keeps giving us interesting television and interesting gameplay is that if you're just, uh, let's say David and Devons from season 38, they're working together. If Devons comes, or if Devons comes up to David and says, listen, man, I, I can't I can win. I don't know that you can. I don't know that the pathway is 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 there for us. Uh, one way or the other, David is going to give up on that dream. You know what I mean? Like David is is going to give up on. He's either a going to start working for Evans or b more more likely he's going to start working against Evans. Right. Um, but no matter what, especially for this mother daughter pair, Laura M can't let go of this dream of she and Sierra sitting in final tribal together. She can't let go of that thought that my daughter and I can be in the final three. My daughter and I can, can finish first and second. And you can see in the way she reacted to the way Sierra talked to her. You can see in some of those reactions you're talking about at final tribal or, or at the tribal uh, council where she ends up going home. You can see in the way she's talking, she has not given up on that dream. And it's costing her game, and it's costing Sierra's game. Yeah, I, I just, I think there had to be a certain point where Laura M took a step back, and she just did do that for Sierra. Even when Sierra begged her to, it, it just, it almost, it was almost like, yeah, but baby, we can still go one two. Like we can still, we can still both make final yeah, trouble, yeah. and like Sierra clearly had the better foothold in the tribe. And had a better foothold in the game and was telling her mother, no, you, you, we literally, that cannot happen. I need you to get that through your head so that we can now start making moves for me to win this game. And it was like Laura M like said, okay, but ever actually was okay with it. I don't think she knew what that looked like because even, I mean, I, you may have said it. I wonder if Laura M would have been better off throwing their redemption challenge. I, and yes. Making, I think you said that. I, I think, did. Because, that makes it clear that like we cannot have Laura M coming back to this island because those redemption challenges are very similar to the kinds of challenges they're doing in individual immunity. 
And we can't have Lorem coming back and potentially giving that alliance one immune member every time. We just can't do it. So I just yeah, and I, and I told you that. Well, yeah, you're right. I did. I brought that up when we were watching it. I told you. I said I would have thrown that competition. Um, and you were like, well, "Why?" And I'm like, "Well, here's here's what you've got to look at is if if your if your daughter's in the game and." Your whole thing is is that they're worried about Laura and coming back into helping Sierra again. That like that voting her out wouldn't have mattered at that point because she knew that redemption was still an option, and that her mother was really good on Redemption Island. At that point, I send Sierra out immediately so that one of them, even if Laura M gets back in, she doesn't have her daughter to play with, or if Sierra gets back in, she can't have her her mother to play with. Like you recognize that that is the strongest pair left in or out of the game and you've got to do something to you got to do something to, to to break that up completely take that out but it also like if you're sierra in my opinion that gives her a stronger foothold with tyson and jerv and monica because now you are solidly in that group of people that no longer has a loved one and katie becomes the easiest target left yep yeah, I so there. I just love, you know, this is a good good wrapping up point before we, you know, we dive into these last three episodes to record for next week. I just love how this theme uh, we've seen. Correct me if I'm wrong. We've seen three different uh, true themed seasons together. We've seen the brains versus brawn versus beauty and Kagiyan. We've seen millennials versus Gen X, and now we've seen blood versus water. This theme. I mean, we're almost to the end, and it just keeps paying dividends. Even when basically every pair is gone, you know, you've just got really two left now. The yeah. two, two mother daughter pairs. Um, and they're on redemption. And yeah. And, and they have a member each on redemption. And it's still, it just keeps giving gifts in the strategy and in, um, in thought the process, in the voting and the thought processes and the way people are approaching challenges. It's just keeps being relevant this is the best theme they've done, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that, it, yeah, it's definitely the best theme of the like the, the thematic seasons we've watched so far. Um, you know, we've got the heroes versus villains and stuff that we need to go back and watch together. But of the ones we've watched together so far, it, it, it's not even close, I don't think. Like Millennials versus Gen X, we've talked about it numerous times on the podcast, is that there were times where it just felt very forced and like they just needed to do this theme. Um, and I didn't love it. That season got better. That season got better after the, after the theme kind of. Right. Well, I think if they had started that season with like three tribes, like we thought that was one of our theories for this last, the, the newest season that's about to come out. We were looking at ages. I think even if you had done it as three tribes, of older folks. And then you had a very early tribe swap that millennials versus Gen X works better. Or if it's just, if you go stick with millennials versus Gen X, as long as there's a really, really early tribe swap, I think it can work better. But having all of the millennials on one tribe at the start and all of the Gen Xers on the other tribe to start feels, it felt awkward. And I think at that point they had already done old versus young, but they had already done a season of that. And so it felt it felt repetitive for one, 
but then you go brains bronze beauty and like i know they've done that a couple times too but like as good as it was there were still some glaring holes in the logic of the tribes because there were people that were on like the brain tribe that were still objectively attractive or people that were on the brawn tribe who were objectively attractive. Um, that like, or even in the, in the other season that you haven't seen go wrong, um, like Aubrey to me is attractive and she's an attractive brain in a lot of ways. She may not have fit the beauty tribe, so to speak, but like, it's not like these people are, are, are unattractive that are on the other tribes. It's not like, like when we we were joking yeah. when we started the podcast and we were watching that one that it's not dumb, uh, dumb, stupid, and ugly or something like <laughs> you know like are dumb, 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 ugly, and weak. Like those aren't the tribes. Like you know, so yeah, I think this one just hits it more close to home. And I don't remember if the other Blood versus Water with the newbie folks hits as well. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I know that this one hits really, really, really well. Yep. All right. Well, like I said, over the next week or so, we'll watch these last three episodes. We'll give you our thoughts, and then we'll be ready for season 41. Justin, I'm excited. Yes, sir. See you next time. See you next time.